Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. This is Dr. Jay Calvert along with my spiffy co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you? Good. I'm spiffy. You sure are. Today you are spiffy. Uh, today I am spiffy. I'm, I'm very well. How are you? Even though your seamstress was closed, you are still spiffy. <laughs> Thank you. Can you believe that? I took an hour out of my day the to goal. go pick up my tailoring and she wasn't there. Not like I don't see her every two weeks anyways, but still. <laughs> the noise of that lady. What's she thinking? I need her. Have you seen these little short stubby legs? <laughs> <laughs> you, you definitely utilize your seamstress A way lot. more than I could even imagine. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I buy stuff and I put it on and I go. Right. You know, I got it has to be shortened, the waist taken in, the butt taken out, like the seams are unraveled, and the, always there's vintage clothing that needs to be repaired. And you know, I like to be well tailored. There you go, <laughs> and good for you because you are. So, today, speaking of well tailored, we are talking about the skin envelope of the nose in rhinoplasty. Yes, oh, that was a good segue. Yes, because it is so important for the skin. Skin envelope is just sort of a fancy way of saying the skin that covers what's underneath it has to sort of match what's underneath it. Well, and I'm going to I'm going to go one step further. It's the skin, the fibro fatty mm. soft tissue layer. Yes. The muscles and the fascia overlying the bones and the cartilage of the nose that really makes up the envelope. And that's yes. really why this is a, a topic of discussion. Right. The Even though it seems like there's not that many things on the surface of the nose, there's actually a lot going on in there. And you sort of just named all of them. And in some people, those structures can be very thin. Like think of an older, you know, Caucasian lady with just really paper fine, thin skin. And sometimes it can be really thick, usually more in ethnic patients or... Um, I don't know, just people who have thicker, more oilier skin. Yeah. They tend to have thick skin. Thick skin and rhinoplasty um, and thin skin and rhinoplasty are sort of difficult combinations and they're different. They're difficult for different reasons. So why don't we start off by, I guess I did name all the layers. (laughs) So So we covered the anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the anatomy is there's the skin, which is the epidermis and dermis. And then the subcutaneous structures, which is like a fibro fatty f- layer. Then you get to like the, the fat, there's a fascial layer before you get to the muscles. And we call that, it's kind of called the SNAS, which is like the SMAS in a facelift. But this is because it's not the musculoaponeurotic layer, it's the nasal layer. So there's a fascial layer, then there's the muscles. And then, and those include like the nasalis muscles, yeah, the levator, alkinasi. In the yeah. nose. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, they elevators. They run right along the side. Yep, yep. yep, there's nostril elevators. There's all kinds of muscles throughout the nose. And then you get to the bones and the cartilage. Again, there's a, there's a perichondrium or a periosteum lining of the bone or the cartilage, respectively. And then you're down onto the cartilage or bone. So given that... Um, Starting off with thin skin patients, mm-hmm. like thin skin is difficult because, you know, when you see somebody like, you know, you could read the newspaper through mm-hmm. their, well, you can't read the newspaper. You can read your iPhone through the, uh, through their skin. skin. Then you're like, oh my God, super thin. Right. Super scary. Right. Because every little cut you make, every little repositioning of the bone and cartilage you make, you're going to see. You're going to see every little bony hump or scar tissue that forms. 
You're going to see it. It's going to stick right out at you. That's right. And that is somewhat terrifying sometimes. It's really like, oh my God, you know, how you, first of all, peeling it, never mind what's going to happen afterwards. Like peeling that skin off of the cartilage or the tip or the, the middle vault or the bones, you're always just like, God, it's so thin. It's like tissue paper. Scary. Yeah, it's easy to see it easy to pop through it. Yeah. And that can definitely happen. And then once you finally get it off, you know, you do all your work on the inside, you put your skin back down, then you worry about the healing process. On what yeah, because you can do. see the entire operation. You can see it. You yeah. can see the spreader grafts. You can see the fact that you rasped the bone. And patients, you know, never mind the fact that they all like fuel their operation, like, oh my God, what is this? I feel that I go, that's where I took your hump away. Yeah. Oh, but why does it feel that way? I was like because you don't have a hump anymore. It's like you want the hump or you want to feel the operation. So you're going to feel the operation, but to see it is a whole different thing. Like if you look at my skin on my bridge, I mean, this is super thin. You would see anything that happened in my bridge, even my tip. You know, you can see the outlines of the cartilages. So thin skin, difficult. But there are options for that. There are. There's many things that can be done. You can sort of camouflage it. You can add some thickness to the skin, to the soft tissue envelope. So there are options. There are. Um, A lot of times I'll tell patients I'm going to take a deep temporalis fascia graft and lay it over their their, uh, bones and the cartilage in the middle vault just because I know it's going to be super thin. You're going to see everything. So I'll double layer it, put it in there. I'll even sometimes just put a little bit of cartilage in there just as a ground substance to kind of help you know fortify the fact that we're trying to camouflage things it's not really to build anything up or to it it, it's not to to elevate the bridge or anything it's just strictly to put some put some filler some some Some, spackle something exactly (laughs) you know that out we gotta make it look nice (laughs) get your spatula in there yeah because it is it's too you know it's too like it's just so thin you know you're gonna see every little part of that operation and even though you may not see it in real life, like just sitting here talking to somebody, as soon as you put an HD camera on them, mm. as soon as they take a selfie, they're just like, what's this? What's that? So right. you, that's why, you know, I, I became a fan of deep temporalis fascia when HD cameras came into <laughs> the, the mainstream. And that was really in about 2007, six, where my actors used to come in after the, they'd have a rhinoplasty and be like, Eh, 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 eh. Right. What I I can see. Uh. So that's when I was like, fascia. You yep. get you get fascia. You're gonna get yep. it. Um, conversely, thick skin also has its own set of problems. So let let's do a little like bring it home for the audience why this is an issue. One of the things that I always see in textbooks and in articles is they'll show like a statue. You know, they'll show some carving some large statue of a person, you know, holding a bow and arrow or something like that. And then they'll say, okay, so imagine the thin skin is like if you put a bed sheet over this statue and you can still see the, the points the bumps, and the bumps. bumps and you yeah. can say, when you look at that sheet over the statue, you can say, that's a statue of a man holding a bow and, a bow and arrow. arrow. Yeah. Conversely, if you put a thick afghan blanket like something that you need to warm up in the winter quilts it's got something thick and you put that over it you might say well i think it's a man under there i don't know what's happening is he holding a bow and arrow i can't see and then you get the the skin that's so thick you've put a sleeping bag (laughs) over that statue (laughs) 
all you know is that there's a sleeping bag that's over something and you couldn't tell couldn't if it's tell a bear or yeah. uh, a pyramid or a, you know, An a, a guy or what, like you couldn't tell what it is. So that's sort of the idea of like thin, medium and thick skin. So the thick skin is the sleeping bag. And the problem with that is that you can't see any of the can't detail see work. Any definition it, they might come into you with a nose looking like a blob and they might leave the OR with a nose looking like a blob. Hopefully not, because again, we have tricks, but that is the concern that you're not going to see that precision and that you know detail of a, of a nose, of a well-made nose because the skin just camouflages all the, the detail. Yep, and, and if it's... <laughs> I'll tell you that even thick skin that you try to thin likes to get thick again. Right. And that's not even to mention the healing process and the swelling that comes along with the thicker skin takes a lot longer to resolve as well. So then they really look like potatoes <laughs> for a good while. As my friends from Germany put it, Kartoffelnase. Kartoffelnase. Potato nose. <laughs> <laughs> and it does happen. I mean, it's terrible. And we all deal with it. Yes. Like the mestizo nose is famous. You know, this is a... Uh, a nose that is found largely, well, it's found in Los Angeles plenty because I do lots of them here, but really it's originated from a combination of sort of European noses with Central American noses and and you see like thin skin up here and then super thick tip skin. There's no cartilage in the septum. It's like a nightmare for a rhinoplasty surgeon. And the thick skin at the tip is the issue because the reason that these folks want to have rhinoplasty is because they've got a blob on right. the end of their nose and they tip. want to define it. So what do we do about that? Um, same with African-American patients, Asian patients. And Asian, like as you know, I feel like a, like a little bit cringy about that term because there's very different Asian throughout Asia, right? right? So, um, But thick skin, uh, Asian patients, you have to do something to thin the skin. And the way even th the patients that have... Um not rhinophyma per se, but have rosacea of the <sighs> nose or just really oily skin of the nose. You know, they can be of any ethnicity and that skin will be really thick. Rhinophyma has caused me to think about never doing rhinoplasty again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yes. painful. Yes. It's painful for my patients. Yeah, rhinophyma is just basically a thick, oily, reddish nose skin. That's hard. It's a hard it, one to it's treat. It's really hard. hard. And, it, and it gets... It, it almost like fights back when you operate on it. You know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to thin you. This is going to, I'm taking the fibro fatty layer out. I'm going to show you who's boss. And then, the, oh, yeah. oh, really? You know, you, you think that's what's going to happen here? I'm going to come back in four months and it's going to be thicker than when you <laughs> operated. How's that sound? You think that's going to make your, your patient happy? And sure enough, they're like, why does it look like this? And you're like, because it's rosacea and it hates me yeah. and it, it hates it hates you and me together and it's not going to cooperate and we shouldn't have even gone near it because rosacea sucks when it comes to rhinoplasty what a jerk it is a jerk yeah talk to that thing but you know <laughs> but, the, the, that people also don't understand that that rhinophyma is rosacea gone crazy gone like on steroids yeah it's it's yeah. like rosacea gone wild in new orleans kind of right. thing and it's just where the, the skin just overgrows, gets thick. It just produ produces all this sebaceous crud and grows up mm. onto it. And then it lo you look like this, like, you know, and everyone's like, oh, that's like the alcoholic nose. You don't have to be an no. alcoholic to have rosacea nose like that. Not at all. I mean, it is more common 
in alcoholics, but plenty of non-alcoholics have it. Yeah, exactly. As well. And and you have to whittle it down. I mean, you got to carve that stuff off. Literally, yeah. literally whittle and carve it. Yeah. But we're not. This is. We should yeah, do we'll, a rhino one. We'll that's, do a rhino not, That's the next. That's, that's another. In podcast. general, we're just talking about the non-jerkish forms of thick skin. Just thick, annoying rosacea. Yeah. And it's usually red, and you treat it with metro metro gel, you know, metronidazole gel, or some clindamycin gel, some antibiotics, and you you get the bacterial counts down, and then you can also do a whole bunch of stuff with uh, uh, with Accutane. Uh, there's there are protocols you can do for Accutane. And, and an interesting aside: hmm. when I first started going to Dubai, a lot of my patients were on Accutane, hmm. and I was like, "But you." You know, what What do you want Accutane for? You know, you're 26 years old. Like, you don't have acne like that. They're like, no, my doctor has me on to make my nose smaller. Oh, <laughs> how's that working out for you? <laughs> you know, these poor girls would come in with like, they need a nose job. Like they've right. got a hump, they got a droopy tip. You know, this is Arabic rhinoplasty, right? And they're like, no, my doctor put me on this to shrink my nose. I'm like. It's not how it works. Uh, I, yeah. thing. Yeah, did they okay well you need to stop it and we're going to do surgery to reduce your nose how does that sound um but anyway the accutane can be used to reduce thick skin yes or we could take them to surgery and reduce the thick skin yeah and i've been very successful with that ish 73 percent of the time you know, does that sound yeah, about right? That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, twenty-seven percent of the time, it, it just doesn't work well. You know, and you wind up doing it again. And but I will tell you that in primary situations, I'm much more successful. In revision situations for thick skin, you're fighting scar tissue and the fact that it's thin, thick skin, and it's a nightmare. But what I do in the in the um, primary situations is I'll lift up the skin flap, leaving the fibro fatty layer down on the cartilage and bones right and then you can thin it and then i peel the fibro fatty layer off the cartilage and bones and lo and behold you have thin you've thinned the skin without killing it right because you don't want to do that no and you don't want to do what we say in plastic surgery is embarrass the blood supply (laughs) you can't have any of that embarrassment no we don't want to embarrass the blood, blood supply. Oh my God, what happened to the blood supply? It's so embarrassed. <laughs> I hate that term. That's, and I hear people say that and I'm just like, you mean you don't want to ding the blood vessels and right. destroy the skin and cause Compr- necrosis? Call it what it is. Compromise the blood supply. Yeah, Damage the blood supply. We're not in the business of embarrassing it. It's what we do to medical students, not blood vessels. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that term. I do. Like when people say it from the so podium, it's, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> Just call it like you say, man. Like you hurt the blood supply. You've damaged the blood supply. You caused skin necrosis. It's not embarrassed. <laughs> it's not like, oh, we got to go talk to the blood supply. It's so embarrassed. Don't you hate that term or is yeah. it just me? It's just no, me. it's very cringy. It is, isn't it? Why yes. do people say that? Can we please stop know. that? All of us, it's any like, doctors you know, listening to like, this? It's probably the same doctors that say centimeters oh, <laughs> instead okay. of centimeters. Whatever. <laughs> And you know who you are. You know who you are. That's right. A lot of them were. There's a lot of them at Cornell. Mm -hmm. Oh man, Cornell was a centimeter heaven, big time. They're just all over those centimeters. Oh, yeah. What is that? 
I is it like I'm know. a doctor? I have to say it that way. Centimeters. I don't know. I yeah. no. I got your centimeters right here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so don't embarrass the blood supply when you're peeling the skin off of the fibro right. fatty layer. Right. And that's the whole point. Because if you were to pick up the skin first on the cartilage and bone and try to peel the fibro fatty layer off down off layer. of the skin, you're going to damage Definitely the blood supply. Some blood <laughs> Very. They're going to be so embarrassed. <laughs> My God, those blood vessels. Poor thing. What happened? They're so embarrassed <laughs> over there. Look at that dead skin on the nose. Because that's what happens when you embarrass the blood supply. So we, we're not going to I'm do on that. a tangent. I just can't stand when people like there's so much stuff in medicine that just makes me go, what? Unnecessary. We should have one of those podcasts. Let's think of all the stuff that drives us totally crazy that doctors say. A Things doctors say. Yeah. It'd be so funny. <laughs> we just tee off. Our doctor buddies right now are just like, I say centimeters. <laughs> Is that a problem? Is it how I was supposed to say it? <laughs> we're supposed to say centimeters? I thought it was centimeters. How about DeBride? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> it's debride. You're debriding it. You're debriding the wound. Not debriding it. Uh, no, debride is like when you get divorced. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. <laughs> oh, he got debrided. <laughs> it almost sounds good. Oh, in that case. <laughs> I don't know. It could be bad. I don't, it's maybe expensive if you're debrided. It can be very expensive. Yeah. Debride, anyways, please. Debride. Let's, yes. let's debride these yeah. things. Let's not debride them. <laughs> you got some other ones? I know you do. No. You're <laughs> ready to go. I can see it. You're like, I'm we'll gonna... save it. Save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that one. We'll still revisit. Shiite doctors say. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's the deal. And so then sort of your favorite skin is kind of that... Just sort of medium, medium thick, not thick, but like medium sort of, it has some coverage, but isn't super thin. You know, it's it's probably medium thin that I'm really wanting to medium say. Medium thin. That's medium a good thin one. is really good. It's like it's like Goldilocks. Like you have kind of medium thin skin on your nose. You would be a good rhinoplasty, mm, I think. I think the tip is, is thick. You know, I got, I do have that half Hispanic mestizo yeah. skin, kind of oily. So but I think it, the tip is thick. I don't know. Let me, let me. Mm. Can we get, you don't need to get a closer look. see it up close. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, let me get, I just need to see it up close. It's oily, yeah. right? It got no, some pores there. No, you, you do fine. Yours is okay. Mine is like you can see through it. Yeah. So it's you guys, terrible. You guys got to come on in and let us tell you what kind of skin you have. It's so much fun. I just need to see it up close. <laughs> but is it real though? <laughs> it is real. Um, but that's the thing. Those are kind of the, the keys to... And, and this is a discussion, by the way, you know, and I was talking with Neil today about it. These are things as a rhinoplasty surgeon, you have to recognize up front. Oh, you've yeah. Gotta, you've got to tell yeah, your patient, yeah, yeah. like, your skin is as thick as hippo butt skin. Right. You're screwed. And they, they need to hear that. They need to hear that because they need to have the expectations afterwards. It's not helpful to them if after surgery, you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you have really thick skin. So your result's not going to be as great as it could be. Like, that's not the time to tell them. No. You know, it's got to be up front. Like, 
And I do this with my body patients. Like, hey, you got a lot of extra chunk on the inside. I can do a great tummy tuck for you, but you're still going to be poochy outy because you got a lot of fat on the inside. Like, they need to hear that up front so they don't have this expectations of when they come out of surgery being, you know, like, oh, I'm so skinny. Like, you got to tell them up front what, what the realistic 100%. result is, is going to be. You, you know, and it's interesting, too. I had a, a, a patient speaking of body lifts like that that I did on the Tyra Banks show back in the Dizzy, like... <laughs> I think before you got out of grade school and uh, and she said that she went to USC and had are you sitting down mm. a duodenal switch and a abdominoplasty a flirtily abdominoplasty simultaneously that's that can't be right and she said that when she went to and, and you can watch her on the tire show it's it's on there it's on YouTube somewhere she said, when I went into this operation, I thought I was going to wake up skinny. Hmm. She weighed 600 or 585 pounds. So I was going to say 600. I guess it's close. Well, they may have had to do it because of hygiene. She might have had a bunch of yeah. extra skin and fat. So it wasn't so much a cosmetic procedure as it was sometimes you just have to take extra skin and fat off so the doctors can even get in there and do what they need to do. Of course, you do a pediculectomy. And, right. That happens. And maybe sometimes there isn't a vertical component. So I'm, sh- I'm sure it was some version of that. But in no way, shape, or form would I have ever told that patient that she was going to wake up skinny. She was just going to be, you know, 10 pounds less. That was her, ex- her expectation. Wow. Was she would she would wake up from a 585 pound woman skinny and that is just a mismanagement of expectations that is some poor pre-op communication yeah, that's not right and so with thick skin in the nose it's the same thing i tell people like you're gonna need two operations i can tell you right now you're gonna be disappointed with the way that the tip's gonna turn out you'll like the shape of the nose because it will be better yes it will i i mean i can take a you know a thick skin nose and i'll make it better but I can't get that tip to cooperate. And it's just, I, I that's why I kind of say, like, think about it as a staged operation. Yeah. You know, the thick skin sucks. We know it sucks. I'm going to do everything I can about to make it better. And you'll most likely want to do something else. As long as they're aware and they have, you know, the concept in their mind and they are prepared for what's to come some of them might not some of them might be like you know what i'm okay with getting 85 percent there this is better i'm good but as long as they have the knowledge to make that decision up front i think that in general your patients will be very satisfied yep but it all it does come down to being a diagnostician you know in in the at the outset and understanding where this is going to go you know down the road because it, it if you think it's going to be like a chip shot and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, we just have to take some more tissue out. You're like, well, why didn't we get this done in the first go? Right. You know, right. that's the truth. I mean, patients need to, you know, expectation management is there. It's part of the deal. I agree. Cool. Anything else about skin envelope? Nope. So we will come back with the the with famous the the doctors say <laughs> skin envelope might be on there. Some people might hear that and just think that's the most annoying expression ever. <laughs> So we might we might be on that list. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. There's no doubt. I mean, how many people sit at home and make fun of our our podcast? They have to. All of my friends and my son. Yeah, they they have to. They have to be like, well, you guys sound like such dorks on there. Like, like, yeah, but it's good stuff. It's good dorky stuff. We were into it. We that's what we do. People pay us to be that dorky to understand those things and to understand them well. Right. So. Unfortunately, you'll have to listen to it 
even if you have to take a 32 centimeter step to get there. Yes. Well, I think then this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.